Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here in two little black boxes. I got Ryan. Your really hard right turn into the interest startled me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know you scare easily. I'm like a fawn. Oh. Huh? Uh, and Scott. Da, 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 Sorry, I did the, the thing. Clown time? Where I was asleep and then I awoke like a clown. Okay. I'm very tired, listeners. I'm very tired. You're very tired. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so tired. So, so tired. I'm very sorry. We press on. Yeah. I'm here for you. So I will I will go right. Ryan, how has your gaming been? Oh, it's been fucking wild. I did LARPing two weekends in a fucking row. Ooh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Shit. What are you, 20? Yeah, I know. Now I won't do it again for months, but <laughs> glad I beat the living Christ out of myself for some mild gains. Um, <laughs> You'll need like those many months just to recover. And I didn't eat that much either. So I wasn't being like carbo loady at LARP. I was just eating like normal people and moving probably more than I have in two years. And that felt fu- weird. My arm was so tired from throwing packets. Oh, man. But it was fun. It was fun as hell. Uh, the, a lot of the tabletop stuff, we usually got canceled because most half-ish people involved were, you know, just doing the LARPs and prepping yep. for LARP. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just other than that, doing a little writing for a th- for the thing. For the thing. Coming, for the thing the- that'll be coming out next year. Yay. All right. Cool. Scott, what about you? Um... Uh, Aberrant's been going pretty good. Got two two sessions, uh, actually two really good sessions. I'm actually really proud of these two. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't had Strahd in a bit, so kind of kind of just Wednesday. doing the Aberrant thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. got Strahd on Wednesday. Oh boy, Strahd uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, no, that's just that's that's pretty much it. Okay, cool, very cool. Uh, we get our thing. We'll have something announced probably next time. Oh, yeah. We have the thing and the stuff that time. Some mm-hmm. patrons here are, are aware of it. Oh, but that thing. It's... I was like, dude, you got to tell me this stuff. <laughs> no, that thing, that thing that's been in the can for a while. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So that'll be, that'll be hopefully released, and we'll have a big announcement I'm next time. I'm super pumped obviously. about that. I oh, love yeah, that. I can't wait for that to be out in the world. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then uh, for my gaming, it's basically been on hold because I was in Disney World. Uh, I was down down in Orlando for a week and so fucking so, jealous. I know. I was so fucking jealous. I couldn't even look at the pictures. Uh, patrons, like, if you want to know more about my Disney adventures, you know, head on over to Patreon content. You'll get it. You'll get it in a week. Listen, listen to me bitch and moan at him about <laughs> telling me all these fun things that he got to go do. Yeah, yeah. I went was... and got to go do fun things too. But I really, you know, he went and did a Star Wars, and you. you I, all I did know a Star Wars. Now Star Wars. I will always say. I did not get a lightsaber. Aww. So the waiting. Did not get a lightsaber. My gaming has been extremely minimal. That's fine. But things are starting to ramp up. I'm getting ready for like a cool, weird costume doubles tournament for AOS in, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's like two little oh, armies. We're fighting together against other two two people's other little armies. So that'll be interesting. Did you say costume or something? Yeah, costume. Else? We have to dress up. We'll get in a, there's potentially a reward for like the best team costume. Oh, is it like a Halloween thing? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that a lot. That's yeah. It's a little, it's a little Halloween, like thousand point, two thousand point armies get put together. We fight together on one side to fight another team. And we also have a reward for costumes. So you've got a, you've got a doubles partner that you're coordinating with. Yep. Yep. Rad. Yep. Super. I like fun, weird things like that. That's always very interesting. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, dude, I completely forgot that that, that it was Halloween. So <laughs> you just, you know, apropos of nothing, I would have been like, oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to go get dressed up in costume and do it? Sure, why not? Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds rad. <laughs> makes as much sense as anything else that happens in our lives. <laughs> why not? And it's not uncommon for us who, who like, LARP no, and role play. No. It's like, costuming just part of it. Like, I don't know if we ever mentioned these things, but guys, we've had like, like as part of our LARP circles have had in play parties mm-hmm. where we just come to a party as our characters and try our best not to like make it plots problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like as our characters totally getting wasted and like eating and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, 
but it, it wasn't no, near Halloween. I'll tell you that. It was usually a summer thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we do things just because we want to, and we like dressing up and yeah, like acting weird. silly costumes. It uh, turns out it's just fun. Since our game has been fairly light, let's go straight on into the news. news. A couple good things. Big thing. Top of the top of the ticket. Paizo has a union now, everyone. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Workers of the world unite. Yep, yep. that's a good sign. I am I am support them wholeheartedly in their efforts to unionize and organize their labor. Uh, I hope it's a sign of things to come because I hope the infection crawls into world uh, Wizards of the Coast basement oh, and yeah. works its way all the way up. Yep. Because uh, uh yeah, I'm I'm all about, you know, syndicalism. Syndicalism for the win. They are called UPW United Paizo Workers. Um, it's it's more than thirty employees uh, because well RPG companies actually are, actual employees are fairly tiny, mm-hmm. very small group, but they're, they're obviously uh, trying to make things better for themselves and hopefully the company as a whole because that way they have a little leg leg up a little bit of be able to push back with uh, their contracts. I'm all for it. Yep, all for it. So congratulations, everyone. Uh, in the uh, in the world of darkness, there's actually a, quite a few things that just got announced over over our little break here. Uh, the uh, Mind's Eye Theater or Finite Studios are doing uh, the War of Ages Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, which has a couple of things going on. It's a it's an up it's a um, basically using the Finite Studio system. Uh, it's adding in the V5 lore, so if you want to use that LARP technology with the V5 lore. Uh, you can do so. It also has a bunch of other stuff that like LARPing related, including um, uh, discussion of Nordic LARP style. So like uh, Night in Question, yep. um, you know, uh, Berlin, uh, End of the Line, uh, that sort of stuff. So I'm curious to see about that. They have partnered with a big Nordic style LARP in New Orleans next year, uh, which Man, that sounds cool, but I'm not going to spend that money. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a little more loosey goosey with how I go about throwing cash around. But even I was just like, "Whoo, yeah, <laughs> no, sorry." Yeah, that that it's it looks real cool, it but sure it is just way really too pricey for for my 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 bank account. Um, there's another LARP being organized. Uh, I think tickets went on sale uh, very recently. Um, called The Last Supper. Uh, it's going to be in England in 2023. Uh, and it is also very pricey. It's like that 800 plus dollars. I will say but, that's a reasonable amount of time to, to wait. Yeah. Wait, 800 plus for just the ticket? No, no. Well, it's $800. And that includes, it's, it's for a week, basically. Oh, okay. uh, it includes lodging and it includes food. Oh well, wow, that's, that that's actually kind of that actually yeah. sounds kind of good actually because that's and like a, were yeah. it not in England, and were thus requiring not essentially an, another eight hundred ish dollars for the plane tickets. Yeah, it's I'd like, be seriously concerned. But at least they're giving you plenty of like leeway. Hey, we got li- we got listeners in you know in the EU. Yeah, we do. Check that out. Uh, places, Last supper. So. Yeah, Last supper. It'll be a uh, um, uh, link in the show notes. Very cool sounding. It's like it's all set in an English manner that the the LARP has for about a week. Um, That's apparently just something you can do way easier over there. Like like I am Sophie rented out that crazy mansion for Mm -hmm. you know that that arc they did, and you know just you just see so many of these old English manor houses getting rented out for just all kinds of crazy shit like YouTube videos. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, uh, when your country is older than 250 years, you typically have some a lot of old areas or yep. that haven't been enshrined. Historical areas. So they're, they're actually doing several runs of it uh, over the course of a couple of months. And there is one run uh, that, ha- that has literally been named the Night in Question run. Because there are so many people that like are are you know involved in the night in question or or put down that they were part of the night in question and wanted to LARP together, that it's just like we're just gonna we're just gonna put the night in question on this one so you know <laughs> slap slap the branding on it. Yeah, I I am I am ninety nine percent not going to put the money down on that, but I am very sorely tempted. But it's not a hundred. It's not a hundred. It's everyone. not a hundred. I I I gotta think long and hard about There's it. There's something crazy happening. Patrons, help help Harper, big 
big boy Scott over here. Get over yeah, to give England. me money. Give me money. Give me money. Give me money. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Also, uh, Paradox World of Darkness have released some information about Werewolf, uh, the apocalypse mm-hmm. coming up, and another old game coming back that apparently they've been working on for a while, which is Hunter the Reckoning. Oh, that blew my little mind when Scott told me about this. Yeah. So uh, apparently they, they are bringing back Hunter the Reckoning. It's going to be pretty different from the first edition, first and second edition. Um, it is going to be... They, they are not doing the imbued in Hunter. So you're not mm-hmm. going to have weird angel powers. Right. Uh, but they are basically focusing on working with the idea of the second inquisition as the second inquisition is institutional hunting right it is the church it is the government uh it is these people who who are essentially working uh for the status quo whereas the pcs and hunter the reckoning are going to be street level uh you know more independent uh more revolutionary more doing it for the common good which is really neat. I like that a lot. And so they're, they're, the, the basic setup is going to have kind of a, 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 a pyramid structure of you have the monsters of the night, you have the institutional hunters, and you have the independent young hunters. And sometimes you're going to be working with one side against the other. Sometimes you're going to be working with the other side against the other uh, because the both, of, both the monsters and the institutions are not out for anyone else's good instinct, but sometimes you'll want to hedge your bets one way or the other. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, um, absolutely. And so that's very interesting. Uh, the stuff about werewolf, I think is very, very interesting. Uh, it, it reframes the, the struggle in the idea that the apocalypse has essentially happened. Mm-hmm. Most of the elder werewolves are dead or MIA. Uh, and the worm has won. They have worm has essentially taken the umbra, and the material world is a frog in a slowly boiling pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 mortals, the humans aren't noticing what's happening because they they have don't have the senses to see the the effects of the spiritual corruption. But it is the the heat is slowly rising, uh, and basically the the. The assumption is that the majority of Garu that exist are young Garu who are acting on a um, the ground of the, the the acting on the premise of taking back ground of you know trying to get a foothold back into the Umbra uh, trying to reclaim fallen Cairn sites. Yep. Um, and they've also done a lot of really cool stuff like. They've updated it in the sense of they're trying to do as much as possible of detaching heritage from tribe mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, tribes are much more open, much more inclusive. Uh, they have done away with the concept of the Matisse. Uh, that is not a thing anymore, apparently, as, uh, as is the part of the litany that says the Guru should not mate with Guru. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if that is going to be just a pure retcon or if it is something has changed uh, in the cosmology. Uh, maybe Gaia got the stick out of her ass. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I I understand. I can understand why they wanted to would change that. Mm-hmm. But I also understood exactly why it was there. Yeah. But I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they said that pure breed is not going to be a thing. Uh, they're they're kind of go, going away from sort of the all the eh, borderline Nazi shit. <laughs> worrying about blood stuff. Yeah, yeah all the blood, blood stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that a great deal. I can't wait to see what that looks up. This uh, they are. Uh, they mentioned that they do have two Native American consultants that they're working with, uh, which I like because that That's is one good. of the things. Like, uh, I I recently had a conversation with someone who is uh who worked a lot on uh, World Twentieth Edition, uh, and he was like the native. He is a native. He was a native uh, himself. Uh, and he was like, yeah, the native community of gamers is pretty split of like, oh, yeah, werewolf is great. There's some shit you got to fix in it. But, you know, there's at least some representation. And then the other half is like, don't fucking touch that thing. Mm, interesting. Uh, so that's interesting. I'm glad to see that they're consulting with Native Americans because uh, that definitely needs some sensitivity read uh, to make oh, yeah. sure that the new version of it is is representational and not exploitative or appropriative. 
Uh, but yeah, that's the the bulk of the World of Darkness shit. That's you coming you out. also told me something about that that I really enjoyed is supposedly one tribe is completely out of the nation. Yeah, and the another tribe has gone pretty batshit, banana pants, like banana yeah. pants, crazy. They're introducing a concept that is essentially the opposite of Hirano, uh, which is Hirano is sort of the 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 ennui and despair. Uh, that mm-hmm. werewolves can fall into, and this other thing is just fucking going full on nutso. Yeah, full, full on berserk, full, like... full berserk zealous, uh, and one tribe has completely uh, been subsumed by that. Interesting. I'm I'm very interested to see what they do with it. Um, I have my thoughts on it, but yeah, it seems very interesting. It is um, just it is very weird that they're doing hunter, and apparently it is like very far along. Yeah, but I actually kind of get behind that because Hunter could be a good gateway game into the world of darkness for people who are like, you're kind of ostensibly actually the good people yeah, fighting yeah. against an inevitability. Also, but, for all my supernatural fans out there, you can Hank, you can yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. Yep. Hank yep. and Dean. Hank and Dean. Uh, you know, for some reason, wait, it is Hank and Dean? I don't yeah. know. No, it's not Hank uh, and Dean. Uh, no, that's the Brothers. Sam and Dean. Sam, Sam and Dean. Dean. I always, for some reason, it's just like, wait a minute. We should. They should swap them though. It should be Hank and Dean in, from the Venture in, Brothers. From the from the Venture oh, Brothers. You can also do that. Like, yeah. You can, yeah. If you want to do Sam and Dean, you can you can hunt you can hunt vampires. You can hunt mages. You can hunt se- sexy vampires. Oh, no, you gotta hunt a Dracula. You gotta oh, hunt, you have to hunt at least one Dracula. <laughs> mm-hmm. How yeah, many Draculas I- does it take? Never yeah, mind. no, you can do Buffy like style play. You can have do we, that you don't have to use the Buffy system. Nope, I actually didn't mind the Buffy. System. I was just fucking here. I'm just being yeah. mean. I'm sorry. That was, um, have we talked about Aether yet? Aether, uh, Trinity, Trinity Continuum Aether. Uh, they have mentioned something along those lines. They have yeah, not officially we announced it yet. No, it's officially announced. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, like they've, they've, they've been talking about it. Aether is the um, the the pre adventure. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. On. I was thinking about something else. Oh, pre-adventure. Yeah, oh. the the Victorian era yeah. adventure, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very like from from what they've been doling out. It's very interesting. Like apparently, the it's the idea that they're all this sort of you know like a Victorian era fiction sort of you know uh, you know Martians and yeah. uh, you know Draculas and mummies and whatnot. All those things did exist at one point in the Trinity Continuum, but they don't anymore for some reason. Like they've literally uh, been written out of history. Yeah, it's their crazy. It's their crazy like temporal continuum nonsense of realities were bleeding over, and they exist or have never existed, and then they went away. And no. some, and and in, you know, in some chronologies, when you when you talk about that, it's like, oh, and they well. That shit got written out when the atomic bomb went off. That's when magic left the world. Shit, yeah, shit got yeah. broken. But they'll do it from like the fun. Someone did a quantum. Yeah, <laughs> did a quantum. The Hammersmith event probably put a capstone on a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, like apparently, like th- at one point there were Martians and they did invade. But yeah, no from one remembers Mars, it from anymore. the Red Planet. Mm-hmm. And the moon was made of cheese, or there was yeah. a man in the B- moon. Bullshit like that. Yeah. So they've been talking more about that. That's that just... interesting. The more I hear about it, the more interested I am in it. I'm not super interested in, the, in that that kind of stuff, but I'm interested to see how it affects the, the lore. And the, oh, yeah. 100%. The man in the moon was actually just the first Nova. I mean, really. It, it, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so that's good stuff coming out of that. Um, oh, the. Uh, they've been doing some previews for Assassin. Yes, we have previews for Assassin. That sounds fucking great. Yep. Um, out faster than any reasonable person could ever play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, backers for Aeon just got the, the preview copy of the um, the first Trinity Continuum novel. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I did it's, get uh, that. Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I need to sit down and read that. It's about 60 pages. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, yep. yeah, the any other, other news, guys? Yeah, I got some news. Uh, this one I didn't talk. It, I'd seen it, but I didn't know a lot about it. I did a little reading on it. Um, it's a Kickstarter going on right now. It's got 10 days left as far as recording goes. So it's going to be at six days left uh, when you guys first hear this. It's called Chew. It's based on mm, a comic yeah. book from Image. And you play, they call it a foodie crime drama role-playing game. It's going to be based on Blades in the Dark because you can slap Blades of Dark onto anything. Yep. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, I just, 
I, it's so hard to explain. Basically, yeah. the FDA has become one of the most powerful governmental institutions in the world. Did Robert Davis have something to do with this? What? No, I don't think so. Well the, well, the way you describe that, it's like Robert Evans's fantasy. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's wacky, like weird, like poultry is outlawed all over the world because there was like a there was literally a bird flu epidemic that killed a hundred million people, and so the, it's based off a comic book from Image, and so they're going to use all the art, obviously, and assets from there to make the game. But it, it's supposed to be very like serious, but also very lighthearted because you're dealing with food crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, the head writer for that is Mitchell Wallace, who plays Autorados on Aberrant Atomic Youth. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, man. He's he's a... He's a funny guy. He's a he's funny a guy. guy. He's an interesting boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that looks very interesting. Check that out. Yep. Uh, also, um, by the time you hear this, it would already have been released, but Fisbin's Treasury of Dragons is out, and oh, people shit. really dig it. I need to get my physical copy. Oh, I didn't get any, my email. I wonder if it'll. Yeah, it's in. October twenty sixth is when it is officially oh. released. Oh, okay. So I'll probably get it tomorrow. Yeah, you'll get it real soon. I got yeah. my fancy. I got the fancy copy because it yeah. looks so nice. Um, and the very last little bit of news that I just found out about today in twenty twenty two, we are likely to get some sort of Dungeons and Dragons TV show from G four. Yeah, they've been talking yeah. about. I mean, yeah, they've they've got like a who's who. Yeah. In that thing, and everyone. Like, there's a lot of puff pieces on it, and they're like, is it going to be good? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, they could do it. What is it about? Like, it, supposedly it will follow four campaigns with a mix of G4 talent, veteran D&D players, and celebrities for a new generation of D&D fans as far as their official, like... Oh, it's a live play show. Yeah, I think it's not, like, animated or anything. It's, like, it's a I, live play show. I could have swore... Oh, it's a movie they're doing. Another D&D movie. Yeah, they're doing another movie. The movie's been in the works for a while. they're also doing another TV show. Well, we have we have Vox Machina, which is essentially yeah. a D&D cartoon. That is true. Um, they're doing a movie. And now they're G4. They partnered with Watsi to do basically like broadcast level. That? What was that, Scott? Place. You got a look on your face. I, I, I so uh, I, I, I don't, I don't watch Critical Role, but I had to watch clips from occasional. Uh, and apparently, like there was a joke deployed on uh, the first episode of Campaign Three. Oh that yes, was really funny. I don't know if we should talk about it in the main show because it's a it's a little blue. We will talk about it in the Patreon content. It's extremely blue, but extremely funny. I will say though that 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 the the cover of of the Vox Machina book could not look more like someone just like dropped the dropped an Infinity War poster. <laughs> yeah, and accidentally walked on it. Like, and, yeah, it's like look at this busted ass Thanos in the middle. Of it. <laughs> yeah, they there 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 is a new book. Um, there is a new book. It involves uh, an expanded expansion and adventure from in the Exandria world, which is the world of Critical Role. Um, I have no, I, campaign two. As per usual, I have no issue with Critical Role. Yeah, I just, you, everyone, anyone who's ever listened to us knows exactly like if I had issues, what they would be. Yeah. Uh, mostly just their fans at conventions are a little annoying because they expect yeah. me to know what the fuck they're talking yeah, it's about. It's called the uh, Call of the Nether Deep. It's it's is it's an good official D D book yeah. that's going to come out in March. QL. Yep. All right. Well I well we've talked a lot and I haven't and you haven't scared me once, Matthew. So it's time to talk about fear. <clears throat> fear. What Spoopiness. is spoopiness? Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt in the future. Listen in. Put some rattly changing spooky noises in this motherfucker. Come on. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. But regardless, since it is the high, holy, spooky days, we're going to talk about those things in your games that you like to scare your players with. Namely, creatures of the night. Consequences. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, we're, we're talking about ghosts and devils and all things spooky and scary. We're, yep. we're talking about, because we've done horror. We've talked about yeah. horror as a genre. And we've, but this is more about boogans. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just liking boogans. Aaron mm -hmm. mean nasty things. So, so obviously, when you introduce, uh, 
that's actually a good starting point. When you're introducing, obviously, supernatural, but horrifically supernatural things, doesn't necessarily have to be how much horror do you want? Because we've talked to you about the pros and cons of horror in, mm-hmm. a, in a tabletop game. It's not the easiest thing to pull off. Um, no, you just got to, yeah, it's a situation where you have to be very good at set uh, pacing, t- timing, and very, very good at description. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so uh, I guess the question is, how wet do you want it? <laughs> how, wet, how wet do you want your puppets? How wet um, should these puppets be? <laughs> uh, but yeah, when do you do it? Uh, well, I mean, I like doing it any old time, but I try yeah. not to do it too much. Otherwise, it loses its impact. Let, let me let me enlighten you into my like favorite deployment of a big scary thing. Sure. That... I enjoy having a big scary thing be like very sociable at first. Oh yeah. Like have have a scary thing just like, oh yeah, oh no, I'm I'm a big scary vampire, but I'm just here to talk. Let's let's talk. And then very slowly ramp up the the fact that you're in this room with a predator. The charm and disarm approach. Yeah, the charm and disarm approach. That is my favorite way of, of employing a spoopy thing, uh, be it a be it a vampire, a demon, a, a ghost of some sort. Just long enough to give you the familiarity so you can tweak the horror of the familiar. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lull someone de- into a sense of uh, self uh, of security. When I've done a deployment of, of creatures, it depends on the type of threat they're going to face. Are they a short-term threat, a long-term threat? Threat. Um, and sort of like, and then when I describe them, I, I definitely, especially the previous like um, science game I did was about the insects, uh, these mm, creatures. Yeah. You didn't know much about them. I pulled on like pure like, oh, I like this term, and I'm working on my own mythology. And that way, players, the players, don't know what they're looking at. I think that's a that's a thing you need to keep in mind. If you're going to present a vampire or a ghost or something that is common mythologically un- understood, you're going to have a harder time surprising your players with it because they're like, out of, even if the characters don't know it, they themselves, even subconsciously, they're like, oh, that's a vampire. I need to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Yes. Leave it to where... That's kind of why I, I mean, my, my crutch is star spawn horror. Like my crutch is a chthonic, like nether beasts that don't yep. really like, oh, I'm glad you think you know how to beat this. Cause I, I hadn't really thought that hard about it. So if you have a cool plan, you let me know. But in D and D obviously there's limits, but I just, I, I kind of go with that thought process of making creatures, even if it's just a reskin or a, a slight change, it's like, now describe this monster in a way that like, they're still wrapping their head around it while they're trying to fight it, which yes. or deal with it. Or I mean, I mean in our, in a lot of cases in D anD D, it's fight it. Yeah, for like we said, horror is about fundamentally most horror is about the horror of the unknown. You don't understand it; something unexpected is happening, and so the horror, the creatures need to fill that being. You as a GM may understand them. Mm-hmm. But you need to come from the perspective of the players of what could they think, assume of this thing, and how can you subvert those expectations so that they're like, oh, oh, I, oh, oh, we did it, we did, it. we did a bad, we did something mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to do. So, I think so. oh, go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask out a question here. Let's, let's focus on uh, devils and the infernal for a little. Sure. Bit. Oh yeah, well, uh, good stuff, Matthew. What is your favorite RPG? infernal beast like what like uh, of all them out there what do you what do you think what do you what what turns your hell buttons my turns my hell buttons oh well you know this very keenly i'm a huge fan of hellraiser um Mm. of the movie hellraiser so those types of infernal beasts which feel familiar like pinhead he he kind of get his thing but again you don't know the background they don't explain it to you as even the audience is like we don't know where this box comes from really we don't know where the cenobites come from really and we don't know all the little details we don't know because, why they raise the hex they raise yeah we yeah, do not they know do raise that heck yeah those are some as far as like media concerned if you want pure rpg yeah what stuff, rpg uh ooh, ooh. that's a good question because i haven't thought about that um 
I would say, well, I really like soul merchants, but that's, uh, that's not a we good frame of reference. Soul merchants. I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're damn <laughs> so, right. So one of They're my favorites great. was from LARP. Um, obviously because I had a lot of interaction with, with, people from it, characters from it, as well as the setting packet itself, is Salt Merchants. And it was uh, a big divergence and a re-examination of the Infernal. It was like, I'm going to wrap all of the normal tropes that you understand as evil, but I'm going to subvert them by, by telling, giving you restrictions and rules because everyone, all Salt Merchants, have to abide by these rules, period, or bad things happen to them. They're very much lawful evil creatures. Yeah, very lawful. I think actually, if you want to get kind of a kind of a, that's one of my favorite infernal things in any media, including RPGs, is lawful evil type of devils, which is things that are evil, very selfish, but they have to follow an ethos or laws or something. They have. There is a predictability to them, but everything outside of that is completely fair game. Gotcha. What about you, Ryan? What, what's your uh, your favorite devil? Well, yeah, in, in terms of like RPG stuff, if we were just going to get down to like just like critters that I like to throw at people because I think they're neat, I think Chitons, the chain devils, mm. are neat because I think because yeah. everyone knows what that what sound their chains make in their head. And I personally, having heard the sound of a logging chain slapping up against, you know, wood and metal and stuff for various horror what's this I've done in my life. It's a pretty spooky thing to hear, especially when you hear it at a very uh, inopportune time. For at Forest of Doors specifically, uh, the thing there was a thing called the Raggedy Man, and he's just this thing. And at, at first, all he would do is walk up and down the path, dragging a, a logging chain behind him. And if you got anywhere near him, it wasn't fun. Ah. Ever, no, it sounds very scary. And then he started coming into the barracks at all times of night, so you would just hear. And then you'd hear the chain just sort of dragging along the ground and like, well, if you're the one sleeping on, if you're the one sleeping on that side, problems. (laughs) Yeah, you should probably get out of bed. Uh, I think think my favorite RPG devils, uh, excluding soul merchants, uh, because I had a shit ton of fun running running them uh, and their plots, uh, would be the demons from Exalted. Oh yes, uh, yes. Just because there are so so many uh, very cool species, like that is that is definitely a thing that where they are speciated. Oh yeah, uh, and each one of them follows follows different logic, um, and just the whole setup of the infernal in that that you know it's all bound in the inverted flesh of the greatest of the of the former titans. Yeah, uh, it's all, but all of them are very weird. All mm-hmm. of them are weird. A lot of the mythology here, they took inspiration from like modern mythology, but they definitely went off the rails with some of these species and what some of these things. And they weren't all like, when we say demon, we don't mean like evil, like Lucifer type of evil. We're talking like otherworldly. Yeah, they're, 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 they're very alien in their in their construction. And also the, the Yozi themselves, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy. Uh, just because uh, they are big personalities that you know you can you can kind of work your head around. Like the Ebon Dragon is just a, a perfect antagonist for yes. for anything. Well, I mean, they're yeah, so I, good. I think what all of these kind of zoom out to really is that like I like I think for this discussion in terms of the Infernal stuff, we like something with rules, but you don't necessarily always get to know what they are. Right? Like, yeah, it has rules, and it has ethics. Mm-hmm. but they may not have anything to do with you, what you understand. Because we can understand, and this is more of a D&D related thing, chaotic evil creatures that are chaotic, what people would call chaotic evil, can be clever, can be smart, can be very interesting, but they don't lend themselves to that easily because by the nature of being chaotic evil is that they're supposed to just be whimsical and malicious. So they kind of just rampage across yeah, the board I mean, the, the, using the going back to, to fractured and larp you know the counterpoint to the soul merchants cha- lawful evil was the under gods chaotic evil oh yeah yeah we went chthonic they were they were chthonic evil <laughs> as it were like you didn't know how they operated they just were 
they were and, unknowable and, and no. terrible yeah and there's a there's a, a magic school that never made it out like like has never made it out to the public really called the uh, the maledictions of the waning star in forest of doors that also is the only chthonic magic in fod mm. well i guess the the mysteries of flame and iron have the underpinnings but this is straight up like dance with a corpse in the pale moonlight to, to do some magic sort of stuff yeah 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 uh, while humming happily, you know, yeah, like Nilarthotep, like great rituals and stuff yeah, you, like this. You do some really bad things and hurt yourself real bad to do this magic. It's real, it's gross stuff. <laughs> nice. And yep. it's, but it's all very enjoy. Like reading it though, you're just like, ooh, <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so, I mean, so devils and demons and, and the otherworldly entities, they represent in, in a lot of our minds the thing outside. Uh, the unknown, but also like the thing, the tempter, the thing that comes mm -hmm. in and goes, what they, they pose a question to the players. What are you willing to do? How are you going to interact with us? And especially if it's a non, it's, it can't be a violent interaction. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, the, I actually prefer the stuff where it, I don't, my personal horror isn't stuff that can be dealt with. Like I prefer when I use these things, these are not creatures to be dealt with. They are, they, they are hostile. Like they mm -hmm. don't like you. They don't want you there. And they have the leg up on you because you don't know what to do about them. Cause, and that's because that's, that's how you get some, some D and D players scared when mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know what this is. I have no frame of reference for what it's capable of. And it seems to be very aggressive towards me. So, you know, it, it, that's my general preference in the RPG circles of making stuff happen. But then again, I only run dungeons and fucking dragons. So <laughs> what else am I really going to do? Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's not move make deals with my players. on. Well, that's ghosts. why you get, so speaking of D&D, &D, that's why they have the, the far reaches, the far realm. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. Hey, guys, do you want to pull literally a rabbit out of, out of Cthulhu here <laughs> and use that? Because they're like, yeah, any you can explain anything. Just say it's farm realm norm nonsense. I do not refer to it as far realm nonsense. Yes, yes. Far realm and Feywild nonsense are in fact two two very different things, but they're pretty easy hand waves to to kind of describe a thing. Yeah, many things. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about ghosts then. Ooh, that's a good one. Ryan, what is your favorite ghost from RPGs? Oh, from for, for RPG style, yeah. Thing? You know, I honestly, you know, I don't deal with them much, but but usually it's the threat of they possess things in at least in RPGs. Like the threat of possession is actually a pretty spooky one for players because uh, the loss of agency. Uh, I don't know if you know this, guys. Uh, RPG players really don't like it when you take their agency away. It's, uh, no, it's, it's bad. It's, it's a prickly topic. People get real real annoyed when when their agency gets taken away. So showing that there's a thing out there that might just crawl inside you there's nothing you can really do about it and it'll take you on a ride it'll use you as a flesh sock for a little while uh yeah that usually wigs people the fuck out also great descriptor flesh sock that's mm -hmm. what you are players just remember that mm. <laughs> uh, the mm, uh for ghosts in rpgs uh, are you talking more of an antagonist antagonist uh, other you know just you know set pieces like or you know elements of the setting uh if they're just purely more of elements of the setting like a, a function that the gm wants to use them in a particular way to showcase something um obviously ghosts are echoes of the past they are the the lessons of the past tales um parables they can definitely mm -hmm. be parables. I've had a lot of effort, I've had a lot of success making people very sad using ghosts. Mm. Yeah, that's another yep. way to use them. Yep, yep. From a more of a player, because you said ghosts, and I can only think of one thing that we all know very not well, but we all know of is Wraith the Oblivion. Yeah, which is a very different. What a legend! You, mm -hmm. you play the ghosts, and it's very sad, and it's very tormented, and that's the point. Is well, you know, when we talk about like the creatures of horror, they they're meant to hit different primal fears, mm -hmm. right? The devil is the fear of the tempter. The chthonic stuff is true fear of the unknown. The ghosts are 
fear of the all too familiar but kind of alien and weird well it's the familiar well, of legacy and death it's the horror death. yes yeah. the horror of death and legacy like what is left behind Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you have this concept of, of, you know, ghosts that, you know, can't move on. There's some unfinished yep. business. There's some lingering trauma that, you know, you can, you can really twist some hearts when you, when you like, when, when you get to the point where you, you know, the, the tragic underpinning of this, this spectral being, why it's still around, that can be an excellent reveal. And oh, yeah. like, you know, especially if there's, you know, if, if it's a thing that's been like heart hurting them or scaring them or, you know, being an obstacle to them, if they get to the other side of it and realize like, oh no, this thing is, you know, this thing came about because of, th- this thing has been hurting us, but what really hurt us is the thing that hurt it and turned it into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ghost stories make sort of some of the most sympathetic stories, mm-hmm. the best sympathetic horror. Mm-hmm. I could be this thing. I know why this thing is in so much quote unquote anger or pain, mm-hmm. because those are predominant things or sorrow. Because those are, in some respect, ghosts are emotions unchained, unchecked. Mm -hmm. They are pure expressions of some feeling. And that's going to be seriously fascinating to explore and and to be spooked by. Because you could be this thing. Well, they're a great object lesson of like, you know, how important it is to, to hold on to that grudge or to... Uh, you know, keep worrying away at that obsession. Yeah. Like, yep. do you, is it, is it worth the risk of turning into this? Yeah, absolutely. And what about you, Scott? Um, I really liked the Sin Eaters from FOD. I, uh, do, I do like them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were very big and very scary. Uh, but each of the ones that I ran into had a pretty good story behind them. Uh, that took a lot of work and a lot of effort to sort of peel the layers back on. Um, and there was never anything you could really resolve uh, other than having the staff member that played them leave. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes there were ways to do it, but it took an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah. And we did do it a f- in a few spots. Yeah. yeah so I mean, there, there were forces of nature. More yeah. than anything else, but they still had this the ghost story behind them. Yeah, and they they were very powerful ghosts. But the point of them, and, and just from a like like straight up and down, this is what they are. Is when in Fod, when ghosts the the uh, the the cursed dead would go around, they would eat the living. But once a ghost got to the point where that neuro satiated them, they started eating other ghosts. And that's what the sin eating was. And then they become bloated with this spiritual corrupted power and they become sin You get too full of souls and then you turn into something too big. Yeah, Yeah. and super big, super scary. And they were were the the boogeyman. It was a big relief when as part of a grand big thing that we did, we eliminated them as a thing that could happen anymore. Oh, that's we balanced we balanced death in such a way where it's just like, no, no, no. Death doesn't support the amount of like overstuffing, not like it just doesn't work anymore. The ones that exist still exist, but new ones ain't gonna keep showing up, mostly because it's really hard to resolve them and plot members keep going and they're I still remember the the first deployment of a killing blow of a killing strike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think you were around for that one, Ryan, but it was, Oh no, I wasn't there yet. I was there the night bloody eyes died. And, uh, you know, the bloody eyes, which was the first senator that we ran into, yep. um, would, you know, it was just like, there's a fight going on. There was a fight going on. And then we, everyone heard killing strike. Right. And I was at the edges of that conflict. It was like someone dropped a soap, a bit of soap into, a um, oil water. Yeah. And just pushed the surface tension away. Like everyone took like five steps yeah, back and, and it was a thing like it was the first thing we encountered that we could not fight we could not physically there was at that point in time in the game mechanically there was no way to deal with it we just physically did not have the power to do it and it was designed to be that way it was an undefeatable challenge is an endurance test that all mm-hmm. that was it was there to scare the piss out of us and remind us that we are not as dang- we're not as dangerous as we think we are. Which is also another thing about horror is in using these creatures is to remind the players, humble them a little bit, and remind them you're still mortal. This, you, there are things you just can't wave your powers at and make go away. That's not how that works. 
and and walking that line between that and deprotagonization is something we've had to talk about just so much quite yep. a bit it is hard um about other creatures though um let's let's think of some other good ones we've obviously talked a lot about vampires mm-hmm. there are many 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 episodes but vampires do come in many shapes and sizes and types and perspectives and we recently talked a lot about vampires because there was a "Quote unquote uh, vampire show recently released mm-hmm. on a, on um, Netflix. Uh, a Netflix. So yeah, what about you, Scott? What's your? I mean, I, you've already explained it. I think earlier. Yeah. I mean, vampires. I think that the the king is vampire the masquerade. Yeah, I, I don't think anything else has really captured the the sort of the multifaceted personal horror of it. Um, and you know, they're they're just so well fleshed out, and there's so lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, the vampire in general is, is a cool thing. Like, I like vampires. Like, uh, D&D vampires can be pretty cool. In their... I think they can be very excellent. They just have to be deployed in a particular mm-hmm. way. I mean, I remember, like, one of the, the my, uh, I threw, uh, it, was a, it wasn't in the book. It was in the, the Acquisitions Incorporated game. Uh, y'all ran into a vampire uh, that I, I didn't make it obvious at first that it was a vampire. You kind of had to slowly figure it out. Yep. Um, and it was my, you know, sociable at first and then turn up the creep there. But at, at the end, it, it, it stopped being sociable. And like you guys were put into a really tight corner for dealing with the thing. Um, and, and my little green boy here had to, <laughs> had to get a sippy cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some, again, sometimes to, pl- to, to survive the evil, you have to placate it. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't always fight the big bad. And yeah. that's just how it goes. And you got to make that decision as a player in those situations of do I do I risk it all to fight the evil or do I placate it to survive to see the next day? Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a hard decision. And horror should be about if you're using these types of creatures, you're obviously doing some measure of horror. You have to ask, what are the hard decisions that the players are going to have to make? Yeah. Desperation is should be a thing. Yeah, I mean, making making your players desperate with with horror boojums is always a good thing. It it, it lets you ride that line between um, you know deprotagonization of just like they have a choice here. But the choice is a is a is a dirty one, and it's a hard one, and they're going to have to maybe not get maybe not solve the problem the way they normally do. Yeah, they're going to have to be a little clever, and they're going to have to make some uh, some sacrifices and some compromises with the way they normally do things. Um, which you know you still have choices open to you, but they're not your standard choices. Um, okay, then I'll ask the other question, Scott, uh, to, to Ryan. What about the classic werewolf? Barkers at the moon. Orkins. I mean, I just don't deal with them much, honestly. I don't use them. I think I just, not that I think they're overdone. It's just they're the, I find them the least interesting because they are, in fact, the knowable feral evil that killed, that wants to rip your fucking throat out. Mm -hmm. Like you put a fucking brain sucker on the, on on top of one's head and give it a tentacle arm. I'm I'm on board. But (laughs) if it's just a standard, oh, you silver bullet. You know, well, that's how that's that's the one of the, the old classic is, is silver bullets. Everyone knows how to deal with them, therefore they become less scary. Quite yeah, unquote. I think the, the I think that the more clever thing, which actually uh, the Curse of Straw did a pretty good job, was was like introducing you and and where all the apocalypse honors. I was like, mm-hmm. well, here's some politics. These are people. Yeah, uh, they're still people. Yep. Remember that they're people. They're not actually the monster that wants to rip your throat out all the time. They're actually sometimes people. Sometimes so, they're yeah. a mix of both. And sometimes yeah. they can't help it. And it's yep. not yeah. their fault. So well, I, I think, think I think the curse of story. being a werewolf is actually a, a cool thing to play with. Yeah. The idea that it is a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded it's not in werewolf the apocalypse, there is a curse involved, but it's much more of an empowerment because the point is it is a burden that you bear, but it is power. You have raw physical power, and you can control it to most extents. Whereas the classic werewolf story is the guy has no control over it; mm-hmm. he is completely subjected to the thrall of the creature when he transforms into it. Um, which is it's that's part of the the the, the narrative of were creatures is especially the uncontrolled or cursed one is like you're giving up all of your humanity. 
You're you're losing yourself. You have no control. And you're just a, you're just a monster. Um actually the the one I think does it fairly well is uh Forsaken. Mm. Werewolf in my mind Werewolf Forsaken does a very good job of balancing the curse with your responsibility. It is empowering, but it also is you are very much on the uh, uh, low end of everything that's going on. Um, uh, and so that I think that that's a more interesting, that's an interesting take if you want to play a werewolf. Um, obviously to NPC or showcase a werewolf, that's an entirely different sort of story of loss from control, as I said. Hmm. So what about, let's go, not necessarily, uh, you know, magic users, but let's narrow down to witches and warlocks. Witches and warlocks. I play warlocks all the time. I know. Who and doesn't want to make a idea of, of a person who has made a deal or trucks with dark powers. That's one of my most favorite things ever to play. Mm-hmm. I don't usually actually present them as antagonists because it's like, don't beat up my face. Don't beat up my guy. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> Most of the time when I present them, and most recently when I presented them, I've kind of pre- I've presented. It really depends on the power you're dealing. They're 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 shacked up with, mm-hmm. like, yeah. If they're an infer, if they've made a deal with a literal devil or the literal Christian devil, perhaps, mm. uh, you know, might be a little 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 harder to get along with than if someone was like a warlock of some angel or some dumb shit like that scott mm-hmm. god the celestial warlocks what a great idea what a great idea an angel gave you your fell powers mm-hmm. no angel made, an guilt. angel had to get his hands dirty no guilt yep <laughs> there's nothing wrong power is free we have a joke around here in these howled halls of mm-hmm. power is free and there are no consequences revenge will always work out and revenge will always give you exactly what you were. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's part of the joke for like witches and warlocks is is power. Power is free, and the idea of witches and warlock is power is not free. There is a cost. It is a consequence, similar to the devils, in that they are tempted or they are the ones who failed to resist the temptation. Um, oh man, I think one of my more more, more recent favorite uh, witches uh, or warlocks. Uh, is from brand new cherry flavor. Oh, I haven't, I haven't, I'm so it yet. good, so She's fucking so good. scary. She's so fucking creepy. And you know, it's it's fucking Stifler's mom, dude. Yeah, I know. It's Stifler's mom playing one of the scariest witches I have ever seen put to screen. Interesting. I didn't know yeah, she was like, in it. Just in terms of her power and her just her control and her complete self assuredness. Mm-hmm. Just she's that type of evil that's just like she's unrestrained and fears absolutely nothing mm-hmm. is mostly oh. annoyed at the inconvenience of setbacks more than just like mm, you know than like flipping her shit about anything Jeez. yeah it's like so, oh there's always another whatever so I'm, I'm gonna take my my favorite rpg sort of things and stretch it out a little bit to cults because that's ultimately mm. like the bigger organization oh. which is in warlocks right that's a coven mm-hmm. that's a grouping um would be probably called cthulhu because you you want to get yourself into some weird stuff, Call of Cthulhu is a great way of looking at it from the lens of of these things are the cultists, witches, where there's very little sympathy you have by the end. You realize yeah. they are tied to something that far outstrips anything you'll understand, and these people are super dangerous. No, it's just the idea that, you know, an evil can go unchecked and take over like an entire small town. Right. Or, you know, a, 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 an entire organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the creeping dread. It's the, the, the fact that, you know, and the fact that cults are very real things. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they are very real. They are they are the. Yeah, the fear of, of sort of the losing the self into the community. I think like cults into... are cults are probably our closest real like closest to like true horror mm-hmm. is things that can happen with cults like cults and serial killers mm-hmm. are kind of our 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 biggest real world like fucked up true evil shit that we get yeah. that we have to deal with yeah i mean anything where like you work to annihilate the individuality of those around you in order to just basically own them body and soul is like that's pure evil like mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's. You don't do it through force of arms. It's uh, it altruism through... given, g- taken to yeah. the like the the darkest degree, mm-hmm. because you have to give up yourself or the people in the cult give up give of themselves everything. Well, and then it, it makes other people it makes victims complicit in further victimization. Mm-hmm. Yep, it makes uh, which is instrument. which is fucking awful. Yep, um, and you know. You know, putting that back into an RPG space is like it's also you know standard tactic of kill them all and take all their stuff becomes a little bit more um, sticky. It can like you know what what like these were these were people once, or you know they are still people, but they have have fallen into some some darkness. You know, can we can we save them? Can we reverse this somehow? Um, It becomes a nice moral quandary. Sorry, I actually played with this a little in Frost Maiden because there is a there is an inwritten thing about a guy who falls in with the the cult of Levistus mm. after he gets the usual uh, Levi- he finds a shard of Levistus or a black shard of Tridalin. Yep, keeps him alive and warm, and then he you know he sells his soul to survive. But you know he actually gets super into it. <laughs> so the PCs have been trying like PCs desperately try to like no, but your mom is so upset and worried. And she's like fuck my mom (laughs) just like absolutely no question asked like taken by this no i'm in it fuck this fuck my old life it was it was garbage and you're garbage and eventually he did he did do a die and they did not get to save his soul again we keep coming back to the hard decision from when you present these creatures or these scenarios what's the hard decision what's the desperate decision that the pcs have to make how much how long do you have to try to redeem someone before mm-hmm. you before you realize i just can't do it i i can have reached my limit of redeeming this creature mm-hmm. and i've got a i literally have got to cut the cord and i've got to do something physically something about this that's actually it's funny we talk about hunter of the reckoning because a lot of the creeds were mm-hmm. about that it was asking those questions of some were all about kicking ass and taking names which is great but there was also the redeemers and the judges like, the people we who were trying them? to understand <laughs> and know so that they can make wise decisions uh regarding these creatures because sometimes you don't want to paint them as black and white actually that's another thing I, a little bit off that is in these horrors are the thing you're presenting truly evil like irredeemably evil or is there shades of grade to them is there a touch of humanity to the monster mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always a good fun button to push of like yeah. this thing, you know, has some terrible fell compulsion upon it, but it also fights it fights its uh its nature to, to try and do good from, from time to time. Uh and that makes fighting it, you know, or contending with it all the or more interesting. If you really do want to like make just really t- tug at it, you just you you, you put a you, you put a like a, a shagoth a squishy being in front of them that was a person once because of terror, but because of terrible far realm nonsense, they mm-hmm. are no longer a people, but it's pretty obvious despite their hostile nature, there's still a people in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That freaks people the shit out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I, I, I like doing that one. Yeah. And, and, and another way to deal with these things is, uh, you know, if you want to complicate them is, um, you know, have a greater evil, be something that uh, that confronts the both of you mm-hmm. uh, on the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm real bad. I've, I've been a plague on this town since, you know, since your father's father's father uh, was a child. Um, but that is a dark star that is opening up into the heart of hell. Uh, and I don't want to deal with those things. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I have my stuff pit. here. Yeah, I got my stuff here. So uh, maybe, I got my maybe, stuff here, and someone's got to go in the pit, man. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we put off the the burning and uh, staking of me, and and you know the hanging me in a tree of a, of a yew tree with garlic in my mouth. Let's put that off for a little bit, and uh, I'll oh, use my fell powers I, I, in defense. One, because it, only two of the two of most of the those things you said. No, those don't work on me. I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy that. That wouldn't be fun. Yeah. I, 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 it would be unpleasant, but that's not how you do this. Uh, actually, uh, a great little bit of vampire mythology that I found out that Linda explained to me uh, through her like mythology podcast is that has never been adapted that I'm aware of is 
uh, way to keep a vampire in its coffin is to put a freshly cut rose on its on lid. Hmm. That's a new one. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's that's sexy. That's cool. Yeah, that's neat. It, 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 um, these vampires, they are very sexy. Very sexy, you see. But and it's then also of the... course, there's the scariest of monsters, like the true horrible terribleness, which is rich people. <laughs> I was going to be like, I was like, uh, man, yes. I thought you were just going to no, say I mean, man. I mean, man's pretty bad too, but specifically the ones with all the money. It turns out it's man. It turns out it's man. Um, but I mean, rich people make great, easy villains. Like, you know, I, if there's any person, if there's any group I can dehumanize <laughs> very easily to my PC, that's rich people. It's not a hard sell. Well, <laughs> I mean, I you, can, you can do that because, okay. well, again, going back to temptations in these cults and stuff is like, they are rich. They have power. They have money. There's a reason they got something for what they were offered, right? Mm -hmm. They got something out of it. But was it worth it? And generally, the the answer should be no. And so you have to think about that. That's the, and that way of showcasing is the affluence, the the misuse of affluence. Well, you know, the question of the is there an eternal soul and what happens to it really bears heavily on the is it worth it part. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like yes, for your entire life, you're gonna be a pretty Billy badass. When you die, <laughs> this is gonna fucking suck for you. You're gonna be yep. used as a condom. Yeah, yeah and that uh, that's uh, that's always those are actually some of my favorites. Is uh, because I actually on my vacation I listened to the first part of the Audible uh, Sandman Audible book, and there's a couple stories about that. If like I sold my soul to like the devil or something, now I have to try to figure out a way to hoodwink that deal to make an by making another deal which just leads me to another deal which is just escalates ah good old john constantine yes wasn't even talking about john but yes that he is definitely in that boat he's always just one deal one deal ahead yep mm -hmm. and, and that's that that also helps with your cultists or anything like that is give them depth of their character because they have so much sort of backed up or their back catalog of all the things they've had to do in order to get where they are. Uh, there's also the Fae can be quite horrific oh, if, yes. yeah. if deployed uh, properly. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Oh. Like, if you want a really good representation of why Fae were meant to be scared the shit out of people, uh, just the, the, the rules, you don't get to know the rules. Don't mm -hmm. worry about the fucking rules. They're God, you're not. Yeah, you're you're only like the only thing you can do is is not deal with them. But sometimes you you've broken a rule that you don't know about and yep. you're fucked. Yeah, you break a rule you don't know about and they're, again, they're another better about like they are the horror of an unknown, but it is I hate to use the word insanity, but like the idea of of mm, illusion Glamour, things yeah. being glamours, things being real or not real, and not being able to know the difference. Um, that's definitely a, a fayish trope is to give you something that you think you want or need, but you turn out it was definitely a bill of goods or sold to you. Um, you were tricked. Um, or you or something like that to where he's like, now I'm in it and I can't do anything really about it until unless something else happens. Yeah, I mean, there's also the like the sort of the, the whimsical nature of you know, but then you figure out their secret weakness is a is a bad penny, yes, or kind of thing like some some like ridiculous thing that you can turn against them, uh, which you know it, it wasn't you being you know strong or quick or or nothing. It it was you know stumbling upon the one weakness or just being very clever and being very clever lucky. and yeah. Clever and lucky are very common tropes mm -hmm. when you fight against the the big scary things. Uh, the big fay is that things just have to happen in the right way at the right time, which is a part of their trope. If like whimsy and luck and uh, uh, and capriciousness of the universe. Um, let me think. I'm trying to think of anything else, guys. There's, I mean, there's there's zombies, but they're boring. Zack like Snyder ruined them. Well, yeah. no, it's just it's zombies are pretty pretty well known by this well, point. There are you know, there. I, I was just watching the Scaredy Cats thing about who ruined them, and it wasn't actually that they ruined zombies. It's just that like the entire culture 
has shifted from being um, liberal, like left-wing fear of mindless drones and consumerism to the right-wing desire to uh, mow down their fellow human beings without consequence. Right, yeah. right, right. The, de the dehumanization is yes. part of the zombie mythos is like they are not they were people they are definitely not people anymore we cannot save them therefore there is only one recourse um and they can be want to get a, if we want to get like a little bit of a chub about it we totally can yeah yeah well it's it's, it's it's they're not people. part of, part of it is like they are the more of a visceral horror the horror of the horde the horror of the mini uh, the, the uncanny valley of you know a rotting yes. corpse yep uh, that's uh, another another key they, horror thing is the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, yeah, it's like they are very close to you in appearance, but they are not you. Yeah, something's not quite right. Yep. But they they mean, were like us once. But then they got then, but now they're not. They're not. Oh, not. God. And then they got in. Oh God, they got in. Oh no, they're here. Yeah. Uh, we could go on for a while. I don't know if we can. I think we may have trolled. I think we're the pretty depth. much we're pretty good. <sighs> we trolled the depths Thanks, of this guys. one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Love you too. Anyways, audience, we love you. We're going to get out, out of here. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful and safe Halloween. Please enjoy your candy and trick-or-treaters if you have any. Fine. So from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Bookie. Bookie, bookie, bookie. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkive on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.